the grace and love of our Lord and Savior be with us always. Amen. The word of God we want to consider today is the Psalm for Ascension Day. Psalm 47, we'll look at the first five verses today where the psalmist says, Clap your hands, all you nations. Shout to God with cries of joy. How awesome is the Lord Most High, the great King over all the earth. He subdued nations under us, peoples under our feet. He chose our inheritance for us, the pride of Jacob, whom he loved. God has ascended amid shouts of joy. The Lord amid the sounding of trumpets. My dear friends in Christ, let's look at a mo for a moment at the scripture readings from Ascension Sunday. When you look at those readings, you have the, the scripture lesson from the book of Acts, which has Jesus talking to his disciples before his ascension and giving them this evangelism directive in their lives, telling them to go on out and in ever-widening circles reach out into the world with the wonderful gospel message. In our epistle reading, there we heard about how Jesus is seated at the right hand of God the Father Almighty, thinking of him in that wonderful, special, not physical position exactly, because he's present everywhere, but thinking about his power in which he's ruling over all things for the good of his church and how we can be so filled with joy because he is ruling over all things for the good of the church. And then in the gospel reading, the book of Luke, we heard about Christ's ascension, but, but there we also heard about how Jesus promised to give those disciples, to give us this power from on high, this power from the Holy Spirit, so that we would understand the scripture, so that we'd understand God's plan of salvation, so that we'd be able to joyfully live lives of service for our Savior. Now, those readings are all kind of summarized together in a way you could say in Psalm 47 because all of those themes like the, the joy that we Christians can have, the worldwide control of our Savior over all things, the power that we get in the church through the Holy Spirit, the confidence that we can have in our Savior Jesus. All of those things are in Psalm 47, which make it a beautiful psalm for us to consider with Ascension Day. The psalmist says, Clap your hands, all you nations. Shout to God with cries of joy. How awesome is the Lord Most High, the great King over all the earth. A psalm of celebration where it's encouraging all people everywhere to praise and honor our God. And especially, of course, that would be the believers that would be able to do that because they would be able to look at him and see him as 
the great king over all the earth, it says here. And now, all kings on this earth, all rulers on this earth, their power, their authority, their influence is all limited. But Jesus is the great king over all the earth. His power is over everyone, everywhere, over everything. Our Savior is one who, well, we could say he not only commands armies, but he, he commands the winds and the waves and and even viruses. It's important for us to remember that right now. Well, the psalmist said, he subdued nations under us, peoples under our feet. Uh, our God is a great conqueror. It says he subdued nations. And actually the Hebrew there could be better translated. He keeps on subduing nations. And well, think about what God did to Pharaoh's armies at the Red Sea or how God gave the Israelites the victory over the people of Jericho when the walls came tumbling down, how he defeated those pagan nations that lived in the land of Palestine when the Israelites came in. Oh, how it must have comforted the Israelites to know that they had a God who couldn't be defeated by other nations or, well, the false imaginary gods of any of the other nations. And, and actually, we can have that same confidence just in simply knowing that Christ our King, he is one who can't be defeated and, and this is our King. The psalmist says of our great King, he chose our inheritance for us, the pride of Jacob, whom he loved. Pride of Jacob, thinking about the Israelite people there. But Christ our King, he's a judge who determines for us what a fair inheritance would be for us, us to receive. And when the Israelites would think about that, they would think about the promised land of Palestine, probably first as that inheritance that they would receive from God. But God, well, why did he give them this wonderful inheritance, this beautiful land, this land that the scriptures describe as a land flowing with milk and honey? Well, it wasn't because they earned or deserved it, because when you look at the Israelites, so often they rebelled, so often they sinned against God. They grumbled and complained. But why did God richly bless them like that? It's because he loved them. It's because he loved them, even though they didn't deserve it. And, and the fact of the matter is, is that we're like the Israelites. Oh, we can so easily grumble and complain. Who of us hasn't complained about the situation that's going on in our world right now. We can grumble and complain so easily. We can sin. We can rebel against God. We haven't been perfect like God would want us to be, but God still loves us. God still loves us. 
Christ our King, he's such an unusual king. And now when we think about him, he, he conquers nations there, but that's not that what his desire is, is to exploit those nations, but actually it's so that he could subdue those nations so that he could win them over so that they could be a part of his believing family. That's what God is always working for. Of course, he does send his judgment too. We need to recognize that. We, we need to remember that he does hate sin, but what's God's desire always? His desire, his greater desire is always that people would be a part of his believing family. He wants to subdue us to knock down our sinful nature and lift us up in Christ. Well, he wants all people to experience his reign to, well, as it says here, shout with cries of joy. See, he's not this heavy-handed tyrant that wants to control us, have us under his thumbs. But he's this loving God who wants to bless us, who wants to generously bless us. And his generous blessing, it comes to us just simply because of his amazing love for us. And, and while the inheritance that he's chosen for us, it's not a land over there in, in Palestine, but the real inheritance he's chosen for us is, is heaven forever in heaven, in heaven forever with him. And, and of course, being in his believing family right now. But how can we be sure that Christ our King has the power and the authority to offer us, to give us all of that? The psalmist said, God has ascended amid shouts of joy. The Lord amid the sounding of trumpets. It's interesting to look at so much of the Old Testament where it speaks in the past tense when it's really talking about what would have been future events. God has ascended. Perfect tense there. But now that's an interesting thing because his ascension was many hundreds of years later after this psalm was written. And that not needn't concern us because what we can always rest assured in is that when God makes a promise, he keeps it. He keeps it. And here what the psalmist is saying is that the king would come, and yes, he did come, and yes, he did live a perfect life so we could have his perfection, and, and he died on the cross to pay for our sins, and he did that, and he rose from the dead to prove his victory, and he did that, and, and he ascended and is ruling over all things for the good of his church, and he's doing that now as well. Christ's ascension, really, we could say, has, has two purposes for us. And first, we can think that beyond the resurrection, what it does for us is it, it proves for us that Christ did accomplish his work. There's no way our loving Savior would have left this earth physically, stills with us spiritually, and present everywhere, of course, too, 
because of his omnipresence. But there's no way he would have ascended if his work wouldn't have been completed. He ascended, it says, amid shouts of joy. And, and if his victory over sin, death, and the devil hadn't been accomplished, there wouldn't have been, there couldn't have been the shouts of joy that there were. There would be no reason to be joyful. And second, when we look at the ascension, well, we can get such comfort, such assurance, just knowing that now he's ascended, he's ruling over all things for the good of his church. And there are so many people who would maybe say something like, well, wouldn't it be great if Jesus just would have stuck around, if he would have stayed with us? And, well, he had something better in mind. The Apostle Paul tells us that Christ ascended higher than all the heavens in order to fill the whole universe. And what that means for us is that we can hear our Savior speak to us, telling us of his grace and love and telling us of his presence. Well, we can hear that whenever we would read or study his word. We can hear the Savior speaking to us. We can understand and believe the Savior's promise when he says, surely I am with you always. And the ascension also assures us that we can pray to our Savior anytime, anywhere, and our King is always going to hear us. And he'll also answer our prayers. So let's celebrate what our ascended Lord and Savior has done for us and what he keeps on doing for us. What he keeps on doing for us so we'll be safe and secure with him right now and forever in heaven. Amen. Lord God, your ascension reminds us of all you did for us and, oh, your life, your death, your resurrection, your ascension, all of that, it makes us so thankful knowing that you did for us what we couldn't do. And it reminds us also of what you keep on doing for us, watching over us, ruling and controlling all things in the world for our good. Oh, we couldn't be in any better hands than your dear Jesus. And so we say, thank you, dear Lord Jesus. Amen. And the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God the Father and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you always. Amen.